Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-discovery and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is the barriers that prevent us from showing ourselves just as we are. And we're going to see how to reverse this situation because it's hard to live a life where we cannot be just who we are. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website or georginahudson.net or my Instagram account, georginahudson.coach. What are these barriers that prevent us from showing ourselves as we truly are? And what can we do? to turn that around. We're going to see that today I'm super pumped about today's topic because it reflects many of my clients' realities and also an old me who suffered, you know, because I thought I was going to be judged if I showed myself just as I was. Uh, this is central, central in my work, I can promise you. So um, I would need a lot more time to expand on the topic. I'm going to try to be brief. By the way, I've written an article on the topic in Brains Magazine. Brain with a Z. I really suggest supplementing this, which is more informal, more conversational, which is packed with examples, with the article. The article is an easy read. And it is rich with information. It is taken from a different angle. It's the same topic from a different article. So we are leaving the link to the article in the episode details. And if you've gotten um, the newsletter, you've got it in your email. And what is going on in a world where uh, acceptance and validation seem to depend on the image we project? Hmm? It's not difficult to find ourselves suffering when we have to show ourselves just as we are. Because there is a lot of social pressure, because there are cultural expectations, and then the fear of not being accepted is tied to a constant search for approval. What happens next? This leads us to hide aspects of ourselves behind a very carefully crafted facade. We all wear masks. This is something Carl Jung always said. The concept of the mask. It's impossible to uh, show ourselves a hundred percent the way we are in every context of our lives. You know, if we go to our children's um, school meeting, we're not going to be goofy and crazy because the teacher is going to be explaining to us something and we have to wear a mask where we are more serious, you know. But uh, the idea is to wear the mask less and less of the time. Um, being um, afraid of not being accepted is part of our human nature is the result of wanting to fit in and sometimes desperately that is a problem because when we try to fit in desperately we lose ourselves we lose our inner compass and we get entangled with anxiety with frustration and despair imagine if you feel the black sheep in your family you know because you like something they don't what are you going to feel and what are you going to do are you going to show yourself as a black sheep? Or are you going to pretend you are somebody else to be loved by your family? Especially when we are children and teenagers, you know? So 
I want to talk to you about the paradox of social media and cultural mandates. Because social media makes matters worse. We appear to be connected globally. So it's the same. I can be in Barcelona and you can be somewhere in, um, I don't know, in Japan or uh, the United States. And it's the same because we are a click away. But also this social media act as distorted mirrors because they reflect a reality that is filtered and edited to an extreme. Every post, every photo that we see and every comment that is uh, written has been carefully chosen and polished to project a specific image of people's lives. And we face constant competition to display this perfect and flawless life, feeding the illusion that showing ourselves authentically is synonymous of weakness. So in this world where appearances are king, we are more prone to nurture, and I'm sorry for the world because this is going to sound very strong, but falsehood. Sacrificing our true essence at what I call the altar of social acceptance. There is an altar, you know, and on top of the altar it says social acceptance. Oh my God, we need to bow to that altar. You know, and as tough as it sounds, uh, it is the truth. But we need to remember that what we see on social media is only a small part of the complete story and that everyone's life has joys, sorrows, triumphs and struggles. One of my clients was saying to me, oh, you know, I saw your picture and you seem to be so happy and everything. Of course, because when I post on social media, I post things that you know, insights that I have had, things that I have studied, things that I see, patterns that I recognize and I want to share with the people that follow my Instagram account. Sometimes I post things with my family, you know, a happy moment with them, happy moment with my husband. But it doesn't mean I don't have, uh, you know, some, you know, fight sometimes with my husband or my children or moments when we don't understand one another. It doesn't mean that sometimes I get up and, you know, I'm all disheveled and <laughs> I'm not really looking nice. I'm not, I'm not posting that. I'm posting the things that make me happy. But it, that is just a little portion of my life. And it's what you see on social media is not the truth. So it's important to remember this because what we see is a biased view of life. And the same is true when we think about cultural ideas of success, influence and beauty. You know, when we see the Super Bowl or the Oscars or any, you know, the Grammys and we see all these people who look so beautiful and between inverted commas perfect, you know, we think we need to be like them, be look as beautiful as those women or, or men and, you know, and to have the same uh, clothes, etc. And what we don't know is that those people, first of all, they get those clothes for that night because there is a designer that wants them to promote their uh, designs and they have makeup artists behind. But in their everyday lives, they are not like that and they are probably suffering from something you don't even know. So... Let's start, you know, taking out one a veil about, about what is true and what is not. And I'm going to share with you the example of one of my clients with, with his permission, of course. I'm not going to mention his real name, so we're going to call him Alex. And Alex is a talented young professional 
who has risen very rapidly in his company's ladder. And he has done so because he's very talented and he's diligent, he's dedicated. Uh, he's also very, um, I don't know, he's fun to be around. But behind his confident smile, and behind this apparent self-confidence that he projects, he hides what I call, and Alex, you're listening to me, so um, a fear that is paralyzing. And that fear is the fear of being discovered, the fear of being discovered as an imposter. He fears being asked something and not having an answer for what he's being asked or being assigned a task for which he's not prepared. Let's remember that he has moved on his career path way too far and way too quickly and that maybe he himself cannot believe it. But the truth is, every junior professional, even if they have, you know, climbed the career ladder to a semi-senior position, is entitled to say, I don't know. Any person, a general manager, a country manager, a director, a vice president, CEO, everybody is entitled to say, I don't know. Could you explain that to me? Can we find an answer to this? Can you show me? I see you can do it well and I still haven't learned that. Can I see how you do it? But this fear that he suffers, I mean, my client Alex, consumes him day after day, leading him to overwork and to hide his doubts and fears under a layer, a layer of um, false confidence. And in his attempts to keep appearances, Alex finds himself trapped because he does everything in his power to sustain an image that does not match his true self. And every day it's becoming more difficult to keep up with that image he has projected to the rest of the people. Alex has also told me how he was super careful about the photos and posts he used to upload uh, in his social and also professional media like LinkedIn. Now he's more aware of this, so he is like starting to show himself more as he is, which is fantastic. But the paradox of his case is that he's where he is because he earned it. And if he smiles with confidence, it's because he's a person with a very nice temperament and that he reached out to me because he's exhausted from overthinking everything he says and does and also because he's capable of observing himself. That is emotional intelligence. That is fantastic. He said one day, I can't go on like this anymore and this has to change and I'm going to take charge and I'm going to call somebody who can help me. So, you know, uh, kudos to Alex. And I want to talk about the shadow. The shadow is a concept in transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal psychology is a field I dedicated uh, my life for three years studying day and night and I love it because I find it effective, I find it uh, a warm approach and the best of Eastern and Western psychology. And in this psychology uh, we talk about the shadow. The shadow is a concept uh, coined but by Carl Jung and the shadow, uh, to explain a little bit to you if you haven't heard about this, is like a dark, dark corner in our psyche that um, functions or acts as a vast um, warehouse, let's say. 
of repressed emotions, of aspects that embarrass us, of traits of our personality that we dislike, and so on. So imagine you have this part of your life that is um, fully uh, lit and everybody can see, and this other part of your life where there are shadows, and in the shadow you can hide things for people not to see who you truly are. You know, the problem is that just as we hide in the shadow what we don't like about ourselves or ourselves or what we consider to be unacceptable, we also hide beautiful parts of ourselves because we feel we don't feel we'll be accepted or because they make us feel guilty or because um, we fear other people will be jealous if we show that part of ourselves or, or envious or because we don't want to complicate our lives. And many times we hide in the shadow our talents because we know that they will not be accepted by family, society or culture. And I can give you many, many personal examples of what I have hidden in my shadow. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. But I prefer to share one of my clients' story because it's, it's nicer, more fun, uh, who's got true knack for acting and interpretation. She's fantastic. Um, her teachers at school, her classmates, uh, her uh, drama teachers in her neighborhood where she took lessons, everybody, you know, pushed her to seek a career in acting. But she hid this precious talent because her family thought acting was only for lazy people. And her family thought only traditional careers mattered. And so she didn't even tell her parents or her family, you know, I want to do something connected to acting. She just hid her talent for fear of what they would say. And she chose to seek a traditional career. Something that now is making her extremely miserable because it's not aligned with who she is. So just as we have our shadow, we have our golden shadow, which is a part of ourselves that we have buried for fear of our own greatness. Isn't it amazing how our psyche works? So by hiding our positive attributes or our innate strengths, we deny ourselves the opportunity to shine, to shine with our own light. I think the beautiful speech Martin Luther King gave at Washington DC uh, talked about that, that we are more afraid of our light than the things we cannot do. What are the most common limiting beliefs that hold us back from showing ourselves just as we are, authentically as we are? The first one is the fear of not being accepted, as I have been talking about at many points during the podcast. Many of us fear not being accepted if we show our true essence, whether because we lack skills here and there, or because we have different opinions from the rest, or because our dreams are unconventional. So what do we do? We show what we know will be accepted and what will, what will be well-received. And that is a shame, you know, because there are many beautiful things about our personality that we think are going to be rejected and that we hide in the shadow. I have a client who would like to build a self-sufficient and sustainable community in a remote environment, you know, pollution-free environment. 
but she has hidden her um, dream because she works in a corporate environment and she's afraid of being labeled as hippie and having her her head in the clouds and you know not being very grounded and so because of her fear of being labeled as this or that she has hidden who she really is and what really makes her soul sing. So the fear of not being loved or accepted stops us from showing our deepest values and it is very, very strong. Number two, the fear of not being enough. Like my client Alex, he doesn't dare to show his most genuine and vulnerable side. He's terrified of saying, I don't know which is completely normal, you know, not knowing. Nobody knows everything. But instead of asking and having a learning mindset, he hides and constantly compares himself to others, you know, there are things he cannot do and others can do. And he thinks that other person who can do just that bit he cannot do, that other person probably knows it all. No, nobody knows it all. Well, Alex has learned a lesson. I'm talking as if he was in that place now. He isn't. But it's very hard to live with the belief that we are not good enough and that we need to be different or like someone else to be accepted. How can we be genuine with that fear? It's difficult. It's difficult to be the black sheep and to, uh, or, or to feel that we are not enough and to show ourselves authentically. It's scary. And the third limiting belief is fear of not doing things perfectly. We we believe that to be worthy of love and respect, we must be perfect between inverted commas because perfection doesn't exist. Hmm? But what happens is that if we have such high standards for ourselves, we're going to hide our perceived flaws or vulnerabilities. And... The funny thing is that accepting our vulnerability frees us from having to pretend and it allows us to connect authentically with other people. And whoever believes that they have to be, between inverted commas, perfect to be loved cannot really show themselves as they are. Because perfection doesn't exist. And then they live with a facade that shows the rest of the world that they know it all and that they have it all together and they are in control. And, you know, how can you show your real essence when you try to be flawless? And I know this sounds very heavy and you are like, oh my God, no, this is horrible. But there is a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And I have... um, written some strategies to reverse these limited beliefs. In fact, I have five to offer to you in this podcast and you're going to love them. The first one is practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. I talk about this in every podcast and I will continue doing so because this changed my life. I used to be very, very self-critical and cultivating compassion and acceptance in my life changed it. So do it for you. Do it for yourself. Recognize that you are a human being and that it is natural to have some flaws or to have areas of your life where you have to work a little bit more than other areas. But to start with, start by identifying and accepting your unique qualities, like my client who has this knack for acting and interpretation. 
you know, uh, or think about what makes you unique, your empathy, your compassion, your intuition, your analytical skills, your creativity, your sports ability, your love for nature. Think about all that and write it down, celebrate you. And then do the same with the areas that need improvement, of course. We don't want to deny that, but we don't. We want to approach them with a uh, growth mindset. Celebrate yourself with your lights and your shadows and see what you have to work. Okay, good. Let's get down to business. Like my client Alex, who got tired of pretending and now he's doing, you know, the hard work. But he's doing it from a place of total self-compassion for who he is and what led him to pretend. Then challenge your limiting thoughts and beliefs. You know what I mentioned? Fear um, of not being accepted, uh, fear of not being enough, and fear of not being perfect. Challenge that. One of my clients said to me, what do you mean by challenging limiting beliefs? What, what do you mean? Well, to start with, challenging is just asking ourselves, is this really true? Is it really so? That is the simplest way we can challenge or question a limiting thought or belief. And then what you can do is look for evidence that can support what you believe. Look for evidence. And you're going to see that you will find more evidence that debunks all of your limiting beliefs. Is it true that you really, that you are going to be labeled as hippie because you share with your uh, partners and your co-workers, your love for uh, having a self-sufficient um, community? Look for evidence. Tell them. And you're going to see that maybe they are marveled at your idea. Hmm? So replace negative thoughts with positive and realistic affirmations. I'm not talking about magical thinking. I don't like magical thinking. But think about your worth and your ability. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, I cannot talk in public. Oh my gosh, if they ask me, I will not know. Hmm? Say to yourself, I can talk in public. I need to develop this and that. But because I have such learning capacity, I will have great ability to stand in front of other people. Or when somebody asks me something that I don't know, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell them, you know what? That's a very good question. I don't have an answer now, but I want to learn. So give me some time and I will come back to you. People people love when we are who we truly are. When we don't show ourselves behind the facade uh, of being, between inverted commas, perfect. Just because your dreams are different from the rest, just because you don't like certain aspects of your personality, just because you have different opinions, it doesn't mean that people are not going to love you. On the contrary, you know, they might celebrate you. They will celebrate you. And if there is someone that rejects you because you want to be an actress or a Tibetan nun, I don't care, that person doesn't deserve to be in your life, you know, just because you're showing them your desires, they are, you know, crossing you out. Well, goodbye. I don't want you in my life. But what evidence do you have that you are expected to know everything? What evidence do you have that people are going to uh, leave you aside because they want to seek a career in acting? Or what, what evidence 
do you have that you need to be perfect? And breathe deeply because you're going to feel a lot of relief when you hear me saying this. Also, number three, activate the courage muscle. There is a person, and I think it's Andrew Huberman. I need to think now. But I, I listened to Andrew's uh, podcast, but who talks about the courage circuit. I think it is him. Um, need to um, tell you in a different podcast. But allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow, you ser- allow yourself to share your true feelings and experiences with others, even if it makes you afraid, you know, even if you think they are going to reject you. Because when you show yourself as you are, even when you are a little afraid and you finally find out people have accepted you when nothing happened, you're going to develop your courage muscle. And then and when another situation presents itself and you're again afraid of showing yourself just as you are and you open up and you show yourself the way you are and nothing happens in spite of your fears, again, you're going to be strengthening your courage uh, muscle and you're going to foster genuine connections because people love that. What's wrong if today you feel sad and a friend comes to your home and you tell her, you know what, I need to be on my own. I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like um, engaging in any type of conversation. I need to be on my own. I need to rest a little. I need to cry a little. I'm sorry. Um, Let's try to gather on a different date. They are going to appreciate it. Because they are going to see the human in you, you know. You will see how you dare to be more genuine as you dare to show yourself with your fears, but in the end, the end showing yourself, you know. People love that. Number four, create a supportive environment. Surround yourself with people who accept and support you unconditionally. Look for communities and groups where you can be yourself without fear of judgment or criticism. The people around you can be incredibly empowering and incredibly toxic. So be aware of who you choose in your life. This has been a hard lesson for me to learn, but I finally learned it the hard way. So let me tell you that creating a supportive environment is key to live a happy life. And finally, develop a growth mindset. I have been talking about developing a growth mindset during the podcast too but recognize that making mistakes mistakes is part of the process of growth and learning mistakes are a path to success instead of seeing mistakes as indicators of your personal worth consider them as opportunities to learn and grow okay this thing didn't turn out the way you expected it to go okay learn from that experience i'm thinking about myself you know i engaged in a project that took me ages and then it didn't turn out the way I expected it to turn out. At the beginning, it was like, oh, really? I was disappointed. But then, you know, I gathered myself together and I was like, um, what, what's wrong? Nothing. It's okay. You know, what can I learn from this? How can I improve next time? Um, do I really want to engage in projects with this type of you know, client, etc., etc. So, uh, always remember to ask yourself what the what is the best thing that ha- can happen to you, thanks to what you are going through. This is something I learned with a coach of mine, 
who told me not to ask myself what is the worst thing that can happen to me, but to replace it but by what is the best thing that can happen to me. So when something doesn't go the way you want it to go, ask yourself what is the best thing that can happen to me thanks to this. And you're going to see how much learning you're going to get. In conclusion, being authentic is an act of courage and it's an act of self-acceptance that allows us to live with integrity, it allows us to live with fullness and as we free ourselves from the masks that we talked about at the beginning, you know, those masks that imprison us uh, and suffocate us, we open the doors to a life of, of authenticity and personal fulfillment. I'm sorry, I need to drink some water. We hope this podcast has helped you. If you know someone who is having a hard time showing themselves as they truly are, forward this podcast to them. The idea is to make our lives easier and authentic and real and to show our essence and to develop our courage muscle. So we thank you for following us on any of the platforms you are listening to us and for subscribing to the podcast on georginahudson.net. There are changes that are going to happen soon, gifts coming soon too. We are very excited about the changes we are um, making on the website. So you know, stay tuned. And as always, your evaluation, your feedback and your suggestions drive us to know you are there and to create a greater sense of community. We have written down all the ideas you have, you have DM'd us or uh, sent us through our email page. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to be taking each idea one at a time. And by the way, remember the Brains article. You're going to love it. It's easy. It's different. It's um, the same topic from a completely different perspective. So it's a great supplement to this. So until next podcast... I'm sending you a big hug.